Scottish Theatre presents Sounds and Sweet Airs, the complete works of William Shakespeare. Much Ado About Nothing, Act 5. If you go on thus, you will kill yourself. And tis not wisdom thus to second grief against yourself. I pray thee cease thy counsel, which falls into mine ears as profitless as water in a sieve. Give me not counsel, nor let no comfort to delight mine ear, but such a one whose wrongs do suit with mine. Bring me a father that so loved his child, whose joy of her is overwhelmed like mine, and bid him speak of patience. Measure his woe the length and breadth of mine, and let it answer every strain for strain, as thus for thus and such a grief for such, in every lineament, branch, shape and form. If such a one will smile and stroke his beard, bid sorrow wag, cry hem, when he should groan, patch grief with proverbs, make misfortune drunk with candle wasters, bring him yet to me, and I of him will gather patience. But there is no such man. For, brother, men can counsel and speak comfort to that grief which they themselves not feel. But tasting it, their counsel turns to passion, which before would give preceptual medicine to rage, fetter strong madness in a silken thread, charm ache with air and agony with words. No, no, tis all men's office to speak patience to those that ring under the load of sorrow, but no man's virtue nor sufferancy to be so moral when he shall endure the like himself. Therefore give me no counsel. My griefs cry louder than advertisement. Therein do men from children nothing differ. I pray thee peace. I will be flesh and blood, for there was never yet philosopher that could endure the toothache patiently. However, they have writ the style of gods and made a push at chance and sufferance. Yet bend not all the harm upon yourself. Make those that do offend you suffer too. There thou speak'st reason. Nay, I will do so. My soul doth tell me hero is belied, and that shall Claudio know. So shall the prince and all of them that thus dishonour her. Here comes the prince and Claudio hastily. Good den, good den. Good day to both of you. Hear you, my lords. We have some haste, Leonato. Oh, some haste, my lord. Oh, well. Fare you well, my lord. Are you so hasty now? Well, all is one. Nay, do not quarrel with us, good old man. If he could right himself with quarrelling, some of us would lie low. Who wrongs him? Marry, thou dost wrong me, thou dissembler, thou... Nay, never lay thy hand upon thy sword, I fear thee not. Marry, beshrew my hand, if it should give your age such cause of fear. In faith, my hand meant nothing to my sword. Tush, tush, man, never fear and jest at me. I speak not like a dotard nor a fool, as under privilege of age to brag what I have done being young, or what would do were I not old. No, Claudio, to thy head thou hast so wronged mine innocent child and me that I am forced to lay my reverence by, and with grey hairs and bruise of many days do challenge thee to trial of a man. I say thou hast belied mine innocent child. Thy slander hath gone through and through her heart, and she lies buried with her ancestors. Oh, in a tomb where never scandal slept, save this of hers, framed by thy villainy. My villainy? Thine, Claudio, thine, I say. You say not right, old man. My lord, my lord, I'll prove it on his body if he dare. Despite his nice fence and his active practice, his may of youth and bloom of lustihood. Away! I will not have to do with you. Canst thou so deaf me? 
thou hast killed my child. If thou killst me, boy, thou shalt kill a man. He shall kill two of us, and men indeed. But that's no matter. Let him kill one first. Win me, and wear me. Let him answer me. Come, follow me, boy. Come, sir boy. Come, follow me. Sir boy, I'll whip you from your foining fence. Nay, as I am a gentleman, I will. Brother. Content yourself. God knows I loved my niece, and she is dead, slandered to death by villains that dare as well answer a man indeed as I dare take a serpent by the tongue. Boys, apes, braggarts, jacks, milksops. Hold you content. What, man? I know them, yea, and what they weigh, even to the utmost scruple. Scrambling, out-facing, fashion-monging boys that lie and cog and flout, deprave and slander, go antically, show outward hideousness and speak off half a dozen dangerous words how they might hurt their enemies if they durst. And this is all. But, Brother Antony... Come, tis no matter. Do not you meddle. Let me deal in this. Gentlemen both, we will not wake your patience. My heart is sorry for your daughter's death, but on my honour, she was charged with nothing but what was true and very full of proof. My lord, my lord, I will not hear you. No, come brother, away, I will be heard. And shall, or some of us will smart for it. See, see, here comes the man we want to seek. Now, signor, what news? Good day, my lord. <clears throat> Welcome, signor. You are almost come to part almost affray. We had like to have had our two noses snapped off for two old men without teeth. Leonardo and his brother. What thinkest thou? Had we fought, I doubt we should have been too young for them. <laughs> In a false quarrel there is no true valour. I come to seek you both. Oh, we have been up and down to seek thee, for we are high-proof melancholy, and would a fain have it beaten away. Would thou use thy wit? It is in my scabbard. Shall I draw it? Dost thou wear thy wit by thy side? Never any did so, though very many have been beside their wit. I will bid thee draw, as we do the minstrels. Draw to pleasure us. As I am an honest man, he looks pale. Art thou sick or angry? What courage, man! What thou care killed a cat? Thou hast metal enough in thee to kill care. Sir, I shall meet your wit in the career, and you charge it against me, I pray you choose another subject. Nay, then, give him another staff. This last was broke cross. By this light, he changes more and more. I think he'd be angry indeed. Mm, If he be, he knows how to turn his girdle. Shall I speak a word in your ear? God bless me from a challenge. You are a villain. I jest not. I will make it good how you dare, with what you dare, and when you dare. Do me right, or I will protest your cowardice. You have killed a sweet lady, and her death shall fall heavy on you. Let me hear it from you. Well, I will meet you, so I may have good cheer. What, a feast? A feast? If faith I thank him, he hath bid me to a calf's head and a capon, the which if I do not calf most curiously, say my knife's naught. Shall I not find a woodcock too? Sir, your wit ambles well. 
It goes easily. I'll tell you how Beatrice praised thy wit the other day. I said, thou hadst a fine wit. True, said she, a fine little one. No, said I, a great wit. Right, says she, a great gross one. <laughs> Nay, said I, a good wit. Just, said she, it hurts nobody. Nay, said I, the gentleman is wise. Certain, said she, a wise gentleman. Nay, said I, he hath the tongues. That I believe, said she, for he swore a thing to me on Monday night which he forswore on Tuesday morning. There's a double tongue, there's two tongues. Thus did she, an hour together, transshape thy particular virtues. Yet at last she concluded with a sigh. Thou wast the properest man in Italy. For the which she wept heartily, and said she cared not. Yea, that she did. But yet, for all that, and if she did not hate him deadly, she would love him dearly. The old man's daughter told us all. All, all, and moreover, God saw him when he was hid in the garden. But when shall we set the savage bull's horns on the sensible Benedict's head? Yea, and text underneath, here dwells Benedict the married man. Fare you well, boy. You know my mind. I will leave you now to your gossip-like humour. You break jests as braggarts doop their blades, which God be thanked hurt not. My lord, for your many courtesies I thank you. I must discontinue your company. Your brother the bastard is fled from Messina. You have among you killed a sweet and innocent lady. For my lord Lackbeard there, he and I shall meet. Until then, peace be with him. Oh, he is in earnest. In most profound earnest. And I'll warrant you, for the love of Beatrice. And hath challenged thee. Mm, most sincerely. What a pretty thing man is when he goes in his doublet and hoes and leaves off his wit. Mm, he is then a giant to an ape. But then is an ape a doctor to such a man. But, soft you, let me be. Pluck up my heart and be sad. Did he not say my brother was fled? Come you, sir, if justice cannot tame you, she shall ne'er weigh more reasons in her balance. Nay, an you be a cursing hypocrite once, you must be looked to. How now? Two of my brother's men bound? Baraccio one? Hearken after their offence, my lord. Officers, what offence have these men done? Marry, sir, they have committed false report. Moreover, they have spoken untruths. Secondarily, they are slanders. Sixth and lastly, they have belied a lady. Thirdly, they have verified unjust things, and to conclude... They are lying knaves. First, I ask thee what they have done. Thirdly, I ask thee what's their offence. Sixth and lastly, why they are committed. And to conclude, what you lay to their charge. Rightly reasoned, and in his own division, and, by my troth, there's one meaning well suited. Who have you offended, masters, that you are thus bound to your answer? This learned constable is too cunning to be understood. What's your offence? Sweet prince... Let me go no farther to mine answer. Do you hear me, and let this count kill me? I've deceived even your very eyes. What your wisdoms could not discover, these shallow fools have brought to light, who in the night overheard me confessing to this man how Don John, your brother, incensed me to slander the lady hero. 
How you were brought into the orchard and saw me caught Margaret in hero's garment. How you disgraced her when you should marry her. My villainy they have upon record, which I'd rather seal with my death than repeat over to my shame. The lady is dead upon mine and my master's false accusation. And briefly, I desire nothing but the reward of a villain. Runs not this speech like iron through your blood? I have drunk poison whilst he uttered it. But did my brother set thee on to this? Yea, and paid me richly for the practice of it. He is composed and framed of treachery, and fled he is upon this villainy. Sweet hero, now thy image doth appear in the rare semblance that I loved at first. Come, bring away the plaintiffs. By this time our sextant hath reformed Signor Leonato of the matter. And masters, do not forget to specify, when time and place shall serve, that I am an ass. Here, here comes Master Signor Leonato, and the sexton too. Which is the villain? Let me see his eyes, that when I note another man like him I may avoid him. Which of these is he? If you would know your wronger, look on me. Art thou the slave that with thy breath hast killed mine innocent child? Yea, even I alone. Uh, no, not so, villain. Thou beliest thyself. Here stand a pair of honourable men. A third is fled that had a hand in it. I thank you, princes, for my daughter's death. Record it with your high and worthy deeds. T'was bravely done if you bethink you of it. I know not how to pray your patience. Yet I must speak. Choose your revenge yourself. Impose to me what penance your invention can lay upon my sin, yet sinned I not but in mistaking. By my soul, nor I. And yet to satisfy this good old man, I would bend under any heavy weight that he'll enjoin me to. I cannot bid you bid my daughter live, that were impossible. But I pray you both, possess the people in Messina here how innocent she died. And if your love can labour aught in sad invention, hang her an epitaph upon her tomb and sing it to her bones. Sing it tonight. Tomorrow morning, come you to my house. And since you could not be my son-in-law, be yet my nephew. My brother hath a daughter, almost the copy of my child that's dead, and she alone is heir to both of us. Give her the right you should have given her cousin, and so dies my revenge. Oh, noble sir, your other kindness doth wring tears from me. I do embrace your offer, and dispose for henceforth of poor Claudio. Tomorrow, then, I will expect your coming. Tonight I take my leave. This naughty man shall face to face be brought to Margaret, who I believe was packed in all this wrong, hired to it by your brother. No! But by my soul she was not, nor knew not what she did when she spoke to me, but always hath been just and virtuous in anything that I do know by her. Moreover, sir, which indeed is not under white and black, this plaintiff here, the offender, did call me ass. I beseech you, let it be remembered in his punishment. And also, the watch heard them talk of one deformed. They say bewares a key in his ear and a lock hanging by it, and borrows money in God's name, the which he hath used so long and never paid, that now men grow hard-hearted and will lend nothing for God's sake. Pray you examine him upon that point. I thank thee for thy care and honest pains. Your worship speaks like a most thankful and reverend youth, 
and I praise God for you. There's for thy pains. God save the foundation. Go! I discharge thee of thy prisoner, and I thank thee. I leave an arrant knave with your worship, which I beseech your worship to correct yourself. For the example of others, God keep your worship. I wish your worship well. God restore you to health. I humbly give you leave to depart, and if a merry meeting may be wished, God prohibit it. Come, neighbour. Until tomorrow morning, lords. Farewell. Farewell, my lords. We look for you tomorrow. We will not fail. Tonight, I'll mourn with Hero. Bring you these fellows on. We'll talk with Margaret how her acquaintance grew with this lewd fellow. Pray thee, sweet mistress Margaret, deserve well at my hands by helping me to the speech of Beatrice. Will you then write me a sonnet in praise of my beauty? In so high a style, Margaret, that no man living shall come over it, for, in most comely truth, thou deservest it. To have no man come over me? Why? Shall I always be kept below stairs? Thy wit is as quick as the greyhound's mouth. It catches. And yours as blunt as the fence's foils, which hit, but hurt not. A most manly wit, Margaret. It will not hurt a woman, and so I pray thee, call Beatrice. I give thee the bucklers. Give us the swords. We have bucklers of our own. If you use them, Margaret, you must put them in the pikes with a vice, and they are dangerous weapons for a maid. Well, I will call Beatrice to you, who I think hath legs. And therefore will come. The god of love that sits above and knows me, <coughs> knows me, how pitiful I deserve. <coughs> I mean in singing, but in loving, Leander, the good swimmer, Troilus, the first employer of pandas, and a whole bookful of these quondam carpet mangers, whose names yet run smoothly in the even road of a blank verse. Why, they were never so truly turned over and over as my poor self in love. Marry. I cannot show it in rhyme. I have tried. I can find out no rhyme to lady, but baby. An innocent rhyme. For, for scorn, horn. A hard rhyme. For school, fool. A babbling rhyme. Very ominous endings. No, I was not born under a rhyming planet, nor I cannot woo in festival terms. Sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I called thee? Yea, senor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well now. And yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came, which is, with knowing what hath passed between you and Claudio. Only foul words. And whereupon I will kiss thee. Foul words is but foul wind, and foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome. Therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frightened the word out of his right sense. So forcible is thy wit. But I must tell thee plainly, Claudio undergoes my challenge, and either I must shortly hear from him, or I will subscribe him a coward. And, I pray thee now, tell me for which of my bad parts didst thou first fall in love with me? For them all together, which maintain so politic a state of evil that they will not admit any good part to intermingle with them. But for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? A good epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think. Alas, poor heart, if you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours, for I will never love that which my friend hates. Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. It appears not in this confession. There's not one wise man among twenty that will praise himself. An old, an old instance, Beatrice, that lived in the lime of good neighbours. If a man do not erect in this age his own tomb ere he dies, 
He shall live no longer in monument than the bell rings and the widow weeps. And how long is that, think you? Question. Why, an hour in clamour and a quarter in room, therefore is it most expedient for the wise, if Don Worm, his conscience, find no impediment to the contrary, to be for the trumpet of his own virtues, as I am to myself, so much for praising myself, who I myself will bear witness, is praiseworthy. Now tell me, how doth your cousin? Very ill. And how do you? Very ill too. Serve God. Love me and men there while I leave you too, for here comes one in haste. Madam, you must come to your uncle. Yonder's old coil at home. It is proved my lady hero hath been falsely accused, and the prince and Claudio mightily abused, and Don John is the author of all, who is fled and gone. Will you come presently? Will you go hear this new signor? I will live in thy heart, die in thy lap, and be buried in thy eyes. And moreover, I will go with thee to thy uncle's. Is this the monument of Leonardo? It is, my lord. Done to death by slanderous tongues, was the hero that here lies. Death, in guerdon of her wrongs, gives her fame which never dies. So the life that died with shame lives in death with glorious fame. Hang thou there upon the tomb, praising her when I am dumb. Now, sound and sing your solemn hymn. Pardon, goddess of the night, those that slew thy virgin night, for the witch with songs of woe, round about her tomb they go. Midnight assist our moan, help us to sigh and groan. Heavenly, heavenly, graves yawn and yield your dead till death be uttered heavenly. Heavenly. Now, unto thy bones, good night. Yearly, while I do this right. Good morrow, masters. Put your torches out. The wolves have prayed, and look, the gentle day before the wheels of Phoebus. Round about dapples the drowsy east with spots of grey. Thanks to you all, and leave us. Fare you well. Good morrow, masters, each his several way. Come, let us hence, and put on other weeds, and then to Leonato's we will go. And Hymen now with luckier issue speeds than this for whom we rendered up this woe. Did I not tell you she was innocent? So are the prince and Claudio, who accused her upon the error that you heard debated. But Margaret was in some fault for this, although against her will, as it appears in the true course of all the question. Well, I am glad that all things sort so well. And so am I, being else by faith enforced to call young Claudio to a reckoning for it. Well, daughter, and you gentlewomen all, withdraw into a chamber by yourselves, and when I send for you, come hither masked. 
Prince and Claudio promised by this hour to visit me. You know your office, brother. You must be father to your brother's daughter and give her to young Claudio. Which I will do with confirmed countenance. Friar, I must entreat your pains, I think. To do what, signor? To bind me, or undo me, one of them. Signor Leonardo, truth it is, good senior, your niece regards me with an eye of favour. That I, my daughter, lent her, tis most true. And I do with an eye of love requite her. The sight whereof I think you had from me, from Claudio and the prince. Uh, but what's your will? Your answer, sir, is enigmatical. But for my will, my will is your good will, may stand with ours. This day to be conjoined in the state of honourable marriage, in which, good friar, I shall desire your help. My heart is with your liking. And my help. Ah, here comes the prince and Claudio. Good morrow to this fair assembly. Good morrow, prince. Good morrow, Claudio. We here attend you. Are you yet determined today to marry with my brother's daughter? I'll hold my mind. Call her forth, brother. Here's the friar ready. Good morrow, Benedict. Why, what's the matter? That you have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm and cloudiness? I think he thinks upon the savage bull. Tush, fear not, man. We'll tip thy horns with gold, and all you roper shall rejoice at thee, as once you roper did at lusty Jove, when he would play the noble beast in love. Bull Jove, sir, had an amiable low, and some such strange bull leaped at your father's cow and got a calf in that same noble feet. Much like to you, for you have just his bleat. Ah, for this I owe you. Here comes other reckonings. Which is the lady I must seize upon? This same is she. And I do give you her. Why, then she's mine. Sweet, let me see your face. Uh, No, that you shall not till you take her hand before this friar and swear to marry her. Give me your hand. Before this holy friar, I am your husband, if you like of me. And when I lived, I was your other wife. And when you loved, you were my other husband. Another hero! Nothing certainer. One hero died defiled, but I do live. And surely, as I live, I am a maid. The former hero. Hero that is dead. She died, my lord, but whilst her slander lived. All this amazement can I qualify when, after that the holy rites are ended, I'll tell you largely of fair hero's death. Meantime, let wonder seem familiar, and to the chapel let us presently. Soft and fair friar, which is Beatrice? I answer to that name. What is your will? Do not you love me? Why, no. No more than reason. Why, then your uncle and the prince and Claudio have been deceived. They swore you did. Do not you love me? Troth, no. No more than reason. Why, then my cousin Margaret and Ursula are much deceived, for they did swear you did. They swore that you were almost sick for me. They swore you were well nigh dead for me. Tis no matter. Then you do not love me? No, truly, but in friendly recompense. Come, cousin, I am sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn to Pont that he loves her, for here's a paper written in his hand, a halting sonnet of his own pure brain, fashioned to Beatrice. And here's another writ in my cousin's hand, stolen from her pocket, containing her affection unto Benedict. A miracle. Here's our own hands against our hearts. Come, I will have thee, but by this light I take thee for pity. I would not deny you, 
But by this good day I yield upon great persuasion, and partly to save your life, for I was told you were in a consumption. Peace. I will stop your mouth. How dost thou, Benedict? The married man? I'll tell thee what, Prince. A college of wit crackers cannot flout me out of my humour. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an epigram? No. If a man will be beaten with brains, there shall be wear nothing handsome about him. In brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose that the world can say against it, and therefore never flout at me for that which I have said against it. For man is a giddy thing, and this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio, I did think to have beaten thee. But in that thou art like to be my kinsman, live unbruised and love my cousin. I had well hoped thou wouldst have denied Beatrice, that I might have cudgelled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer, which, out of question, thou wilt be, if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrowly to thee. Come, come, we are friends. Let's have a dance ere we are married, that we may lighten our own hearts and our wives' heels. We'll have dancing afterward. First... Of my word, therefore play music. Prince, thou art sad. Get thee a wife. Get thee a wife. There is no staff more reverend than one tipped with horn. My lord, your brother John is taken flight and brought with armed men back to Messina. Think not on him till tomorrow. I'll devise thee brave punishments for him. Strike up, pipers! Much Ado About Nothing was written by William Shakespeare. It starred Erica Sanderson as Beatrice, Andrew Faber as Benedict, TJ Lee as Claudio, Katie Herbert as Hero, Stephen J. Davis as Leonardo, Robert Aldington as Antonio, Andrew Shaw as Don Pedro, Matt Black as Baraccio, Stephanie Hull as Margaret, Jackie Dan as Ursula, Gareth Johnson as Dogbury, Alistair Sanderson as Virgis and the Messenger, and David Alt as Friar Francis. It was edited by Gareth Johnson, featured music by Kevin MacLeod and was directed by Dario Knight for Unbound. <laughs>